What's going on, guys? Nikhil and Lucas back for another episode of Hip Hop Hype Hour. Yo. Um, you know, I guess shout out to whoever got through the entire episode last week. You know, I, I keep thinking about it. We went like an hour and a half. I did not expect it to go that long. That That's 30 minutes over our target because like we do try to keep our episodes in an hour. Um, but I guess today it might be a little bit shorter. So yeah, it's probably we'll make it fall, up for y'all. I think it's going to fall under that one hour mark. So I guess that'll balance things out. You know, if you get through that entire one and a half hour episode, then this one will be a lot easier to get it through. But anyway, how yeah. are you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, school's out pretty much. Uh, graduations, you know, tomorrow and, and yep. Saturday. So yep. it's yeah, almost, yeah, I'm almost you. done personally. You yeah. made it. You made it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the yeah, way, so you Commencement is, I mean, we're right now it's Thursday, right? So we're recording this on Thursday. Right, morning. on Thursday. So you've got commencement in two days, right? So Saturday right. is the big ceremony. And then what about tomorrow? I think you said you have some stuff Friday as well, right? Yeah, you know, with with everything still kind of being in flux from the, from the pandemic, they're doing like a recognition type thing okay. on Friday. So they're like calling names and having people walk across the stage. But okay yeah we'll see how that goes because you know here in texas right like just yesterday uh-huh. i think we had abbott sign some law <laughs> it's like it's illegal for Man. for public institutions to require masks so now it's like the day before graduation they're like all right no more mm-hmm. mask mandate and so but yeah. i think we've been pretty good i saw some news earlier this week that was like nine states or something like that reported zero deaths we're doing so. good we're doing really good yeah i mean obviously yeah. we're still not where we want to be with the vaccine because it's like if you get the rate higher you have a shot at eliminating this for the time being right you know I mean? but um I, I just think it's pretty dumb how in states like ours it's like okay i i'm i'm totally for the whole like if you're vaccinated you don't need to wear a mask right like i'm I'm definitely an advocate for that because I think the vaccines do work and I'm not like, I know some people might be skeptical in their efficacy. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people. I truly believe that they do work and that the situation we're seeing right now and the decline in cases and deaths is because of the vaccines. But at the same time, like, don't make it illegal to institute a mask mandate. You know what I mean? Like now Mm -hmm. this, this will really set us back if we do need to go back to that at some point in the future. It's just going to be so difficult in Texas now right. because Abbott Abbott just wants to go everything opposite to what Biden's doing. But enough about politics. That's not what we're here for. Right. Let's what we're here into, for, and I guess yeah. related to that, is a lot of festivals are actually like announcing. Yes, That's kind of one thing of news I want to talk about. So yeah, ACL sure. had their lineup that just came out. Like Boo. <laughs> Garbage, man. Oh, my gosh. Like you got the baby and George Strait as headliners. Are you serious? Like that's really what we're doing now. <laughs> and um, Stevie Nicks, don't forget that. Oh my gosh, I remember my freshman year, and I actually regret not going to ACL my freshman year of college. Because again, for anyone who forgot, we both go to UT, right? So like Austin, Austin City Limits yep. is literally in our backyard, <laughs> and I really regret not going 2018 because the headliners were incredible that year. Uh, I don't. I don't remember exactly. Who I think they I, were. I went that year. Is that the Did year with Ice Cube? Year? Is it like Ice Cube? And... I think so. This was three think, years ago. Yeah. So you would have uh, been. Yeah. I would have been sophomore. No, you junior. Been junior. You oh, then I didn't go junior. I went my sophomore year. I went your sophomore year. That was 2017. Um, okay. okay, I went the year before because 2018 had Travis Scott, maybe. They did. Yeah, he was one of the headliners. That oh, okay, year. so that's what you're talking about. Uh-huh, yeah. But yeah, how the how the mighty have fallen? You know, like all these festivals are like struggling to reschedule and reorganize so right um i like as a as a fan of i like indie music a lot too though and even like mm-hmm. liking indie music and like 
hip hop and R&B, like there's like four artists on this lineup that excite me. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. Like Freddie yeah. Gibbs, I'm a huge Gibbs stan, but like yeah. I don't really see any other like standout stuff. You yeah, know, and maybe a lot some of people this, like Doja or, yeah. A lot of this has to do with, it ties right into what I've been saying very frequently in recent episodes about how a lot of big name artists have been holding off their albums and like mm. trying to trying to really calculate when to release because I mean festivals are cool sure but they make most of their money off of tours um and right. like yeah festivals for an artist they're obviously fun right you have a big stage it's outdoor usually you have a ton of fans so sometimes a lot of artists get a thrill out of performing at a festival but you're not going to make as much because Festival tickets are meant to get a lot of people in at a much lower price than con like arena concerts, right? Right, but there's the exposure too. Like the whole that reason that artists will do a festival circuit is they they if they headline or get near the top of the bill, they're gonna be attracting like indie fans and like old heads yeah. and all kinds of different people that normally wouldn't listen to their music. But yeah. I'm not seeing that at ACL this year. Yeah, um, but at least so at least what what I was saying is like, like for, yeah. For big mainstream artists, at least. For um, something like Rolling Loud, yeah, Rolling Loud's just pure fun, right? And that's, like, another thing that I want to talk Like, looking at the Rolling Loud lineup, now that's a good lineup, bro. Have you seen yeah, that lineup yet? I, I I saw it. I just don't remember what exactly the name names were. I remember you sent it to me, and you were like, bro, this is a good lineup. And I, I think bro, I was a little, yeah. I was a little like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was better than ACL, though. Dude, okay, let me let me read you Saturday, bro. Headlining is Travis Scott, and then okay, um, yeah, Young Thug, right. Roddy Rich, Kodak Black, Gunna, Swali, Don Tolliver. That's my thing. That Saturday, that's your day to go, bro. Okay, so like Travis Scott, Young Thug, it's like great. All right, they're the headliners. Why, like Kodak? Like, no, <laughs> I don't. I'm not gonna go see like Kodak or. I mean, I guess Gunna's decent. I don't think Gunna's that good of a live performer, but. Um, yeah that's true that's true i just feel like for all of these you've had better years um for a lot of these oh yeah for sure yeah, like like com all of them combined Lollapalooza, i know has had like i think 2018 because i had some friends who went to lala in 2018 and mm -hmm. from what i saw the lineup for 2018 at Lollapalooza in chicago was incredible um it was and it's just underwhelming this year artists yeah i feel like yeah again it has to do with the biggest artists like holding off albums and like they're not gonna tour or go to a festival or perform there before they drop whatever they want to drop um right because I, I, well, I was also yeah go ahead i was gonna say one thing i wanted to note about that is like right before the pandemic hit lineups coming out kendrick was on the top of the bill and now kendrick's not on any of these bills so um you know I don't think it's looking too good for us Kendrick stands for this, this year yeah. now. <laughs> and like for me, like you look at the weekend, you would think that he would have went on a huge festival run at some point. Right. right. Um, because, I mean, he's not even touring until January 2022. But that would kind of fall right in line with what he's doing because he could do these festivals in the fall and like late summer. And then that would lead directly into his arena, like big arena tour. Yeah. So I was I was honestly expecting him to headline one of the three. Uh but right obviously he's not probably his own personal decision maybe he just doesn't want to do festivals i don't know it's up to him but yeah, yeah. interesting stuff um hopefully they're able to keep everyone safe because i yes. feel like it is yeah. still a big it is still a big risk to have with these festivals i mean we didn't even talk about astroworld festival i mean that's another oh, one yeah. that's happening it's pretty crazy how astroworld has become like 
as like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say as big, but it's become a big festival. Like there's a lot of hype surrounding it. I feel like there's a lot of artists that do that though. Like, um, what is Tyler the Creators and like Camp Flogna, right? Yeah, Camp, Camp Flogna, Camp right? Flogna. Mm -hmm. And there's like a couple of other festivals. Like every artist seems like they're coming out with their own festival now. OVO Fest, OVO Fest has been around for like a decade now. See, so, there, there you go. Yeah. Like, but, I, yeah, but I definitely it's feel not, like this is coming more common. It's, it's not the same like level of attention I feel as Astroworld Festival though. It's like. I think Astroworld, just the number of people that attend this event is insane. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. Sure. But I crazy. I think that's because Travis is just a genius yeah, at marketing. Uh, he, he <laughs> He's is, just a he marketing is, genius, man. Like, he, this dude is uh, like as like basically a businessman as much he is an artist now. Like he right. He knows what he's doing. I mean, if he can get a bunch of people to like buy a McDonald's burger. Like when they haven't had a McDonald's burger in years, but just because it has Cactus Jack on it, they're like, oh, I got to get the burger. And then you have those idiots trying to resell it on StockX. Like, right. He's doing something right with his brand. So, you, you I mean, you can't fault him for that. You can make fun of it because it's pretty funny and very memeable, but um, he's making money. And right. He's doing, he's it, doing well. it well. So, yeah, can't really fault anyone for that. Um, anyway, let's. I mean, there is still some news that we have to share. Right. In addition yeah. to the, in addition to the festivals, we've got a lot of music about to like come out this summer. I want to say, Gunna's been starting to like uh, put out little teasers about an upcoming project, saying like it's pretty much done. Like he's ready to drop mm -hmm. a new album. He had one last year that was, I think, his best work so far. Um, it was the delivery was good production was good like the overall mixing was a lot better on that album compared to his previous works which sounded more like mixtapes so i'm excited to see what he's gonna put out and i mean he's gonna's kind of been everywhere like he's always doing features yeah. like he's very prominent these days like in rap music so it's, it's hard to ignore him um migos finally released yeah. <laughs> three yeah june 11th is a release date for that and it's you pretty manifested funny. it yeah i, I don't want to say i've manifested it but it's definitely more of a coincidence but like sure, for sure. the people for the people who've been listening to these episodes consistently like y'all know like every week i've been like oh yeah migos are starting to gear up for culture three like slowly and then they drop us finally last week they dropped the single um, and it's like, or, and then a few days ago they were like, all right, culture three is going to launch June 11th. So mm -hmm. that was, I mean, I don't know what to expect. I did not really, I, I said this last week, I did not really like the single that much. So I'm hoping that the album is not like the single, like culture one is their best work in my opinion. Like it was a very high quality project in my opinion. And every song sounded unique, but then you get to culture two and it's like, it's so repetitive and redundant and there's nothing original about it. Yeah. So like, I don't know how much room there is for the Migos to evolve. Like, I don't know if they're, like, the three of them, are they that kind of artists? Um, they had their solo projects a couple of years ago that had some decent tracks on it. But I, I really don't know what to expect. Like, I, I don't have high hopes for it, but, like, I enjoy listening to the Migos. So I, I'm part of me wants it to be a really good album, and I'd be happy if it was yeah I, I agree with that like definitely two took a big nosedive and i feel like that was because it was kind of bloated like there were a lot of tracks on there that yeah. didn't need to be on there it was just yeah exactly yeah so let's let's hold out hope i'm holding out hope even though what did, i forgot what i said the other like other week about amigos or i, call, I, I remember I think what I, you said like, 
um, expired. I said their their rap was expired <laughs> past yeah, its expiration yeah, it's like, date. It's like I think like on the shelf or something like that. Yeah, that yeah, was exactly. Expired well, <laughs> rap. <laughs> and I just say that because it feels like they're beating a dead. Like you know, there's the exact same triplet flow. It's no, the exact same theme. Right. Nothing you're interesting. Right. Like, but you know, that said, like it's new music. I haven't. Like, I'm sure there'll be one or two really solid singles off there like uh stir fry you know <laughs> stir fry was sure, pretty good yeah i remember i enjoyed that track i'm sure um, three will have one or two really good tracks right right yeah no, i'm, ho I'm yeah. holding out hope for something better but i'm not expecting it yeah, yeah i i think that's that's a perfect way to put it uh in addition to culture trace we talk about migos we talk about gonna don toliver's also dropping an album in july i believe he said it's gonna launch he he did like a photo shoot with a magazine and like they interview the artist yeah. and he mentioned something about like his album life of a dawn is going to release in july um so i'm excited I'm for that <laughs> yeah i actually started listening time. to him since since you told me you were like well, this is our first episode you were like dude don toliver like you're sleeping on this and i was like yeah i am you know i woke up i uh i turned off the alarm i checked out the music it's good i i like yeah. don toliver it's i'm looking stuff. forward to it i, I think yeah. he's got potential yeah, he does. And, and the thing is, his first album, like, it was, it was nice. But the problem was that half of it was stuff people had already heard. Um, there was, like, right. one song off of Jack Boys that he reused for the project. He had, like, three, two or three previously released singles on there. And some of the stuff had been leaked or, like, heard before in some way, shape, or form. Like, either mm -hmm. not officially on streaming. So it wasn't... It wasn't like that big of an original experience. It felt more like when an right. artist, I mean, he, it was titled as a studio album, but it really felt more like a debut mixtape in the sense that like the stuff had been heard, a lot of the stuff had been heard before. Uh, right. Like, so I'm excited for this next one because we really don't know what to expect. Like we only have one single that he dropped for the project and it sounded a little bit different from the stuff he's been releasing before and i think one of the criticisms for don toliver in the past has been that a lot of his songs sound the same and he doesn't mix it up quite a bit but i think he is starting to mm -hmm. mix it up a little bit now so um i'm excited to see what's what's in store and he's made a name for himself now i mean you can probably expect a few cactus jack features on the project as well as features right. from other people in the industry. I mean, he was on Lemonade, that song from last year with uh, Gunna. Right. Who was the other person on the side? Nav. It was Nav. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he he did well with that song. He was supposed to tour with The Weeknd before it got canceled, and he's worked with. He started to work with a lot of bigger name artists, so he definitely mm. has access to that now. And I'm expecting big things from this project. I, I feel like it has potential to be one of the better projects this year. So we'll see what happens when we get to that point. But let's get into our episode for today then. So what are we talking about today? So I feel like we, we like last two weeks, we've been talking a lot about like streaming and like SoundCloud and how that's affected music. So I kind of want to just talk about this and maybe like a, a more critical lens, yeah. I guess. Um, so one thing I was kind of to get us started, I was reading about was this thing called like the long tail theory. So I, I was just reading this. this is apparently some theory from Chris Anderson. It was coined in 2004 and it refers to. Is this a the, music thing or a psychology thing? This is like a general like online okay. distribution thing. It's like okay, a general, okay, it's okay. more like an economics theory. Got um, it, got it, got it. All right. So it refers to like this idea 
that um, essentially like with online distribution, right? And the internet makes distribution so much easier. And like oh, yeah. there's all these state-of-the-art recommendation systems for consumers. So the theory is that demand shifts from the head of this distribution, right? From the most popular things mm-hmm. towards the long tails. So it's basically saying like, if you look at music, right? You look at popularity. At right. one side of popularity, you have like Drake, you have like Kendrick, they're getting right. billions of hits. And right. at the other end, you have all these obscure niche artists that have like less popularity. And this theory is basically saying because the internet makes distribution so much easier and has recommendations for everyone, it's going to tailor and you're going to shift more fan appeal from the part of the curve that's popular, like Drake and Kendrick, to your uh-huh. more obscure artists. Um, so, so I guess like just turn that okay. off. When when you say shift, do you mean like people who are listening to like Drake or Kendrick, they're gonna stop listening to them no, and only no. so but it's more like uh like like what's a good way to say it? It's like time spent listening. Like so like instead of only listening to Drake and Kendrick. It's more like a spread, is that what you're saying? Right, exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I guess that's a good way to see it. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Um that's actually a really good way to put it because um I've definitely I've said this before. I started listening to like hip hop and R and B, like taking it more seriously, like 2014, 2015, around then. So like seven, eight years ago, like or six years mm-hmm. ago, around that time, and that was essentially right before streaming really became big. Right. So for my first like when I actually for the first time started getting music on my device it's like all right well I'm not gonna pay for this right right like, because <laughs> before you had to go buy individual songs off iTunes oh my gosh they're like a dollar 29 too I know, like a dollar 29 ridiculous and then if, if you don't do that you just gotta like a lot of people would just listen to them off YouTube in the background while they're working but then that's not ideal either because you, right. you have to have a Wi-Fi connection and you can't like just necessarily auto shuffle or like make a playlist or anything like right. you got to continuously click and rewind and there might be ads i don't even remember when youtube went heavy that's why i use the mp3 converter they have this online that's what i was about to say converts yeah converts uh-huh. yeah. urls to mp3 they extract like the audio so i yeah. use that and i downloaded songs that i really liked exactly so i guess like people who are people like us who are a bit more tech savvy we were like okay just uh, copy the youtube url go yeah go to a youtube to mp3 converter download the file rename it like make it look like the real song add yeah. your album artwork and then move it to your device and there you go um right and but, before our time people use like LimeWire to do like oh, the yeah. same thing i guess yeah um, exactly yeah yeah i mean and, and it's it, it worked pretty well it's right. just it's still it's a little bit weird because you might not get the song in optimal quality like you you probably won't yeah. be able to tell the difference but it might be a little bit fuzzy and the volume won't be normalized like you right. know, some songs will sound louder than others and you'll have to and it takes so them. much time too i remember taking it's time so to do that tedious. Like, yeah. yeah and if you're if you're like if you want it to look official like me you got to spend even more time to like write down <laughs> the name and add the artwork right. and do all these things um but then as soon as streaming hit it's like okay like you just pay like 9.99 a month or 4.99 a month if you're a student and not for me anymore i'm i'm having oh yeah you're just gonna explore (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's not expensive so it's more affordable you know right i think a lot of people will be okay with spending 10 a month but you can listen to all the music you want you can stream it you can download it Mm -hmm. um you it, it it has AI and machine learning in there to like tailor you recommendations and build you playlists and all this stuff. 
and Spotify and Apple were the two that really started with it. Right. Um, and then others have caught on, but Spotify and Apple are definitely the two like giants here. And I, I've noticed like when I first started listening to music and I had to download manually, like I was saying, it was a very, very small selection of artists that I would mm -hmm. listen to. And my favorite, most favorite artists today, the ones I listen to heavily, it's still a very, very small subset of artists. But right. streaming allows me to like listen to other lesser known artists as well like give them a listen because now it's not like oh i gotta buy this guy's song or download it off wherever just to right. listen to it it's like i just open my phone and click on his song and listen or his or her song and listen right to it, right it's so easy like yeah. just this morning i i remember i was like done with the gym i was like okay like i want to listen to something when i bike back to, to my apartment and i was like okay what's up and i i looked at new rap releases and i saw this like paris texas like it's relatively new artist i think yeah. that's kind of obscure i was like okay like they're just there on the front page for me so i'll listen to him so i listened to him like right 20 album i would have had to pay like ten dollars to listen to that before and i wouldn't have paid that to just listen yeah, to exactly. take that risk it's sort of like a youtube effect but now on like music on streaming right, right? because youtube right. is also one of those places where you can find videos with not that many views or that are not as popular because of the way the recommendation system works and mm -hmm. you've kind of gotten that on streaming and stuff too so i definitely agree with that but like so that's good Oh, sorry focus on soundcloud right is what we were right talk about right today. that's what we we're really going to talk about but before we get to that like one question about the spotify algorithms like yeah do you listen to the daily mix or like the recommended for you I sometimes yeah i do actually sometimes um it's kind of weird because i listen to a good amount of r&b but it still feeds me like a lot of like rap like mostly uh -huh. rap and a lot of mumble rap too which is i find weird i don't know why it does that to me but um i i feel like it can be better that's yeah. the thing like i feel like it can be a lot better the For recommendation sure. system is what i mean right that's why i don't listen to the okay look here's a great example okay so like a month ago, I, I decided to listen to the Daily Mix because I was like, our, our release is for you. It was one of those two playlists because like, why right. not? Like, let's listen to it. So I like Danny Brown. He's a bit of an eclectic rapper and like, I really like his music, like Atrocity Exhibition, the XXX, like, sure. So on my recommendation was a song by Danny Brown. I listened to it and it's like a like a pro-Trump anti-Biden anthem. I'm like, what the hell? And it's country. I'm like, what the hell? So and it so wasn't your, your Danny Brown. Like it was someone Yeah, it was another Danny Brown that the right. algorithm recommended me because it right. saw Danny Brown. Right. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I, I think, yeah, know. there's yeah. issues with so, the algorithm for sure. I think it's one of those things that, that that's more has to do with Spotify and filtering like who can use what name as a registered on the platform because right. I think the the algorithm actually did what it intended to like it gave, it wanted to give you another Danny Brown song but because of the way like I, I know this happened with Belly recently because we've mentioned right. the rapper Belly before I went to his artist page to listen to some of his music and there were there were like two releases on his artist page that were not by him like they were by like someone <laughs> else someone else named themselves belly and released music and for some reason it went to belly's artist page so that's that's like definitely like a bug in spotify's backend system right like right. You know, like that shouldn't have happened and it, it was a troll song like it was a complete like meme song so someone right. probably did it intentionally right um how that happened, I don't know. Like Spotify, definitely, like they have ways of circumventing that. And I'm checking right now. I'm on my phone. It's gone now. Like it's not there. Okay. So they obviously okay. fixed the problem. But yeah, like 
it's not perfect. I mean, with any technology, you have this big of a distributed system, like there's going to be issues here and there that sometimes right. will get brought to the front. The goal is to minimize those issues by continually, right. uh, continuously making your platform better. So, right. Yep. I just think it's interesting to talk about because for me, I don't listen to that daily mix that much. So I, 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 just, I will sometimes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just like, I like sometimes I find new artists on it, but like for me, it just misses more than it hits. Right. And so I don't know. I don't know about that. And that's why uh, we're getting to SoundCloud because that's, getting like SoundCloud that, instead, that's a place right. where it is very good, a good place for finding new artists, right? Right, yeah. right. Why don't you start off with that? Yeah, so SoundCloud, um, I remember, so my introduction to SoundCloud was like 2015. I had a friend who um, was like playing the song and it was like really grungy and grimy and it sounded low quality. I was like, what the hell are you listening to, man? He's like, oh, it's 21 Savage, it's SoundCloud. I'm like, what? <laughs> like I, yeah. at that time I was completely like it just seemed very off-brand for me like because it was just like very different than other like the mainstream music I was used to hearing right it had more of like a do-it-yourself aesthetic um mm -hmm. and the interface was kind of weird it had like the little orange UI with like the cloud I still think it's weird I still yeah I still it think it's a weird, weird interface but yeah that was my introduction to SoundCloud which is like another online distribution platform um, but the difference between SoundCloud and something like Spotify is you don't have to pay for SoundCloud, right? SoundCloud's free. So SoundCloud's more similar to, to Bandcamp in that aesthetic, right? And like there's, there's ads. You can, you can get like SoundCloud right, Pro ads. or whatever, but no one's going right. to do that, right? So. Right. Uh -huh. But yeah, it's, it's a much more like artist and user friendly. It's very easy for an artist to just upload something to SoundCloud. Like you make it, you put it on your profile page. It's there now. People can start listening to it. As a user, it's very easy to like just start listening. You don't have to worry about the weird stuff that Spotify, like that ad version gives you. And that like, if you skip a song, is that what it is? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You can skip around, but it'll give you ads like between songs and stuff. I think right. But I feel like Spotify is yeah. more annoying to use as a free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. don't have Spotify <laughs> premium, Spotify, like you can, I don't even think you can, you, you can only do shuffle, right? Like you can't right. you can like, listen to it front to back. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, obviously they do that on purpose is to get you to buy premium. Right. right. So. Um, yeah. But to give more more context to SoundCloud, so it was actually launched in 2007. So it's actually like much yeah. older than than we consider it in the rap field because it Same was with Spotify. Actually... Spotify has been around for a really long time. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> Spotify, See, I think yeah, it's more yeah, recent. No. Uh, yeah, because um, I mean, yeah, continue. I'll, I'll back. To oh that. yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah. it was actually initially used by like DJs who like it was like much more of like DJs uploading like an hour long right. set or a mix or something like that. Yeah, so Spotify was, was launched in 2000, 2006. Oh, wow. Spotify was launched. Yeah, so it's been around before SoundCloud, which is pretty crazy. I, I feel like the, a lot of companies, like like Netflix too, like you don't remember Netflix yeah. being, but they used to be like this mail you movies. I remember seeing ads for it like way yeah. back as a kid. And I was yeah. like, oh, like when Blockbuster was still a thing. <laughs> like That's Netflix the thing. With a lot of these modern companies, I mean, not even just the streaming space. Like you look at Tesla. Uh -huh. Tesla's been around since 2003. That's when the company uh -huh. was established. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. They've been around since 03. Um, so a lot of these companies just in general will like establish themselves well before they actually like, uh, like put out a product. Um, in Spotify's case, I think they always had the Spotify platform, um, but it, it was basically they were kind of just in the shadows until the market was ready right. for streaming and then they were <laughs> able to take advantage of it. I think it's one, it's one Apple 
like said, we're going to get into the streaming space that Spotify was like basically able to like join that wave that was moving forward. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, but to wrap up this discussion on the history of SoundCloud, so, so look yeah. at how SoundCloud transitioned. So like early 2007s, it was used like a lot of DJs uploading sets and mixes. Right. And so before you had artists using platforms such as like MySpace, when MySpace was a thing. So if, I didn't know this apparently, but um, so Drake apparently used to upload stuff to MySpace. MySpace. I don't know if you yeah, can comment did. on he that. Did. He did. Yeah, um, he did. Um, yeah, so it, it was, and obviously at some point we would definitely have a spotlight on Drake. Like, you know, why would we yeah. <laughs> But But uh, yeah, um, I mean, he, <laughs> he was just uploading music to MySpace. And then I, I mentioned this in like episode three, but like uh, Jazz Prince um, found his music on MySpace showed it to Lil Wayne and the rest is history, right? Right. So that that's kind of what I guess is what you're, you're saying there with MySpace. Yep. So. Yeah. So, so that was kind of like after the MySpace era, there was like this void of like artists need a place to upload their music, like rappers mm -hmm. need a place to upload their music. And I think SoundCloud just kind of naturally filled that void for some of the reasons we talked about mm -hmm. earlier. It was already used really widely amongst DJs and by extension, like right. producers. So it'd be like a natural next step for rappers right. who collaborate with DJs and producers to put mm -hmm. their music on there. Yeah, it's funny because the weekend we did the spotlight a few weeks ago, but like his uh -huh. story is different. He just went to YouTube, you know, and, right. you know, like Drake's people saw it. They started putting it on their OVO blog and then the rest is history. Right. So right. Um, for obviously some people, it'll just like not everyone's going to make it through SoundCloud. Like it's the, the best it's become the best way to do it just because how, how accessible it is. Mm -hmm. But it's still definitely possible to do it off YouTube. You know, like it's there's other ways to like get known like that. But I just feel like a vast majority of the newer rappers today, especially the younger ones, like probably like we're able to get where they are because of SoundCloud. Like it's right. played a very instrumental role in that. Um, right. Yeah. And I like, I know you mentioned 21 Savage for me, I think the first artist, like the first time I really heard about SoundCloud and someone like really blowing up on there was actually Uzi. I think yeah. in like 20, 2015, you know, there were mm -hmm. a lot of my friends were just like, bro, this guy, like Uzi, I think he called himself Uzi London or something. He went by like Uzi London and Lil Uzi Vert. So like, bro, this guy's amazing. When like P's and Q's was one of the songs. That oh was really yeah. P's and Q's. On SoundCloud. Uh, and like he he was like the I, I feel like he was like the, one of the faces of soundcloud for a while and yeah it was really after that that a lot of people realized i think uzi and 21 after that people were like like we can make it big on this platform too and you started seeing a succession right yeah yeah i agree with that to some um, extent. yeah 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 but like so i kind of want to make it like i feel like artists definitely calculated their approach to SoundCloud differently, okay. right? So I feel like some artists were releasing like singles and like tracks because that's all they could get at that time. So let's look at two artists maybe with very different approaches to SoundCloud in my opinion. So um, we had a discussion about this guy earlier this week. So XXX, is it, I always butcher his name. Is it Tentacion? Tentacion. Tentacion. It's supposed to be like Spanish, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Chance the Rapper. So I think they had two radically different approaches to SoundCloud. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, XXX had this like very lo-fi, like very dirty aesthetic. Where Look at it, Me was the song, right? genres. Look at Me was the song that got really popular for him. And it was like, yeah. unlike anything else at the time, you know, he's just is pretty much like a very aggressive track. It's very unpolished. It was very lo-fi yeah. production right so but i feel like a lot it's funny when we look at x 
Because I feel like the one of the reasons he became so popular is because people started hearing that track and like, what the hell is this? This is so garbage, right? Or whatever. And because of that, they thought it was funny. So they started sharing it more and it started getting more plays. Like it had an And attention. then It was like a shock factor. it People was an attention heard it grabber. and they were like, Yeah. wow, like this is Yeah. so out there. Like, how is this rap? Like, I have to let other people hear this. And then that Exactly. actually ended up catching It caught on with like, on. It actually caught right, on, right? exactly. So. Um, almost like, dare I say it, um, 6 9 <laughs> right? Oh my So gosh, 6 yeah. nines. Uh, You're what right. song is it? Gummo? Is that Gummo. his song that, yeah. <laughs> There's there's too many. Like screaming, There's too many. yeah. But like that song was really popular on SoundCloud because he was pretty much just screaming, right? And it was like, this is so bad. Like, this is so out there, like wacky, like. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna say right now we will not be doing an artist spotlight on six nine. I mean, and not just because he's Never, garbage, not never, just because bro. he's garbage. No, be, no, because like some of the things he's done, Oh, he's in horrible, my mind, man. in my Yeah. mind he's canceled, and I can't I can't support that on this platform. He's So. he's absolutely horrible. Um, but yeah, so I guess like that's one thing that the kind of I associate with SoundCloud rap is like. So actually, I talk about several things there. It's like on one end, there's like the lo-fi production, right? Like SoundCloud rap, in my opinion, is not polished. And that's part of the appeal, I think right? so. I agree. I agree. Um, and then also like the shock tactics that we just talked about, like very like Mm -hmm. a very radically different sound, which is kind of, in my opinion, goes back to that long tail theory that we started the episode with, right? Like this Right. stuff is so niche and yet it's being able to be discovered because it's so easily accessible to Uh-huh. people. Right. Right. Um, so those are two things that I associate with SoundCloud, like just thinking about SoundCloud rap and that sound. So what are what are what is your opinion? Like what kind of qualities would you ascribe to SoundCloud rap? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a great way to showcase production, too. I think I feel like Hmm. that's one of those things that's not talked about as much. But like as a producer, I feel like you could even upload like just instrumentals and beats to SoundCloud Yeah, and, that's and a really get popular recognized approach. that way. I know with, with a lot of producers, like a lot of times they just start like emailing people and sending them beats for free and hoping that eventually it reaches someone of significance and then they're they like it enough and then that's their big break but i think just like uploading beats to soundcloud can be like strategic too or like maybe even trying to link up with different artists like on soundcloud right who Mm -hmm. are Right. lesser known and would be open to working together and you can form a partnership that might elevate both of you um so yeah i, I just think there's a lot of it, it's it's has very a vast array of purposes that can like really benefit somebody like not just artists but like producers too Right. so Right. For sure. So uh, one thing I, I, I associate also with SoundCloud aesthetic that I want to get your opinion on is like okay this whole like singing rapping trend, right? Like this kind of for like it used to be rap purists are very like, OK, it's more of like a talk type cadence or like. But now it feels like with, with SoundCloud, there is a much more emphasis on like melodic elements, right? I like it. I like it. I'm all for it. Um, I, I think you would because I, I really like that. I like that <laughs> genre. Um, yeah, I was about yeah. to say, I think you would because you, you like Drake. So my question is, you think Drake like is someone who in like I know you've talked about Drake's influence Yeah. on like singing. And, and do you think Yeah. that's kind of like people saw Drake and they're like, oh, he got big on MySpace. So I'm going to do like the same kind of singing thing on SoundCloud. Or you think that's not related? Well, I mean... doing the same type of singing thing on soundcloud i don't know i don't think it really has anything to do with myspace and soundcloud i think it's more about the fact that uh 
and we we mentioned this two weeks ago right like you mm -hmm. had this initially rappers were just rapping right and then towards like the later the late 2000s um like in into the 2010s you had more rap songs that were started to feature like pop artists or r&b artists who did like right. a, a very catchy hook and then the verses were rap I mean, and we mentioned that I look at Love the Way You Lie by Eminem. It's like you have this oh, yeah. you know, rap verses and you have a very prominent, like, like I guess, of iconic course. hook from yeah. Rihanna, right? Um, so, but it was always the singing artist, the R&B artist, the pop artist is doing that part. And then the rapper is going to rap. And then mm -hmm. you get to Drake with like Thank Me Later and stuff like that. And he's doing the raps and singing the hooks. Mm -hmm. So it's like okay, this is something new. Like not many people are doing this right now. And I think that strategy just caught on as you have more rappers that are starting to do their own R&B type hooks. Um, but that is a completely separate discussion. Like, I don't think that has anything right. to do with MySpace or SoundCloud. I think that's more about the kind of sound that was driven throughout this decade. So Right, right, right. And so one thing I think drove that sound maybe more so than Drake is a lot of these artists have cited like rock and punk music as yeah. like inspiration. oh i know where this is going please so, no. so oh i don't know if you know, I know where, where this is, is going, going. <laughs> where do you, where, i was gonna basically say oh, like yeah, I, I know a lot of artists cite like my chemical romance green day oh, yeah. like stuff from the 90s because that's when a lot of these oh. artists a lot of soundcloud artists are much younger than other artists like it's a lot of younger people like yeah. kids practically people younger than us right uh -huh, getting their uh -huh. start on soundcloud so I know a lot of them cite like punk aesthetics as like their inspiration. Um, so my question is, do you think that SoundCloud rap is the equivalent of punk to rock? Like SoundCloud rap to rap is the equivalent of what punk music was to rock. Is that a fair comparison, do you think? That is um, a very interesting point that I actually have not thought about. I think that's actually a great analogy because like at least I, I know people who like I don't because I don't really listen to SoundCloud rap like heavily, you know, like I'm not mm -hmm. on there like searching for new things all the time. But I know right. people who like very religiously listen to SoundCloud music and a lot of the music from SoundCloud, um, they, like it, it's even like being considered a subgenre now. It's like literally right, like cloud, right. cloud rap, um, if you've ever heard the term before. But it refers to like this this wave of like emo rap or edgy right, rap, right. if you know what I mean. And like Trippy Red or Trippy Red, yeah. Lil Skies, Lil Peep, some of these like artists, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a perfectly valid comparison to make. I think SoundCloud is definitely associated with this emo, edgy sort of rap um, right juice world another one Rest juice world piece, yeah. Right? yeah so um I, I think that's on point i think that's on point it's like a very like hardcore kind of scathing type of feel uh right and that has to do i guess to some extent the quality of how it sounds because it does sound lower quality than like on streaming mm -hmm. I, I i think that's a great way to put it I never thought of that before actually well. yeah because that's what i kind of associate like soundcloud rap with uh -huh. is like this very like because punk music was much more like okay we're gonna break all of the rigid rules the formality like you know the subject matter of traditional rock and we're going to like make music that is against like it's just whatever we want right and the mm -hmm. punk aesthetic was very like it's whatever we want and i feel like a lot of these soundcloud rappers are doing the same thing right like they're like i'm making this like they're like i know it's not really rap music but i grew up on rock music and i want to make music that sounds like this so i'm going to make music that sounds like this right mm -hmm. yeah. so that's why i i think that definitely 
that's pulling like a big direction of rap music. Like, I think that this trend is definitely pulling in one direction, like Playboy Cardi's, you're like Kenny Mason. I like Kenny Mason a lot, but I think that also there's like the purist fighting back against that, right? There's the people right. that are like, oh, get mumble rap out of here. Uh, I want to hear the words like they have oh. no lyricism. So how do you think, what do you think about reconciling those two views? What do you think about people who say like, oh, but what do you think about people who dismiss SoundCloud rap? Um, that's a good, that's a good point. I, I would say this, I feel like, like early, maybe in 2015, 2016, 2017, also 2018, I think what SoundCloud was, that was like its height in terms of like, where a lot of up and coming artists like were recognized off of and then like blew up there and then they were naturally able to blow up on streaming. But like, it's also at the same time, so easy to upload directly to streaming. You don't necessarily have to go the SoundCloud route. Like it, it, it might help you, but you could just upload directly to Spotify. Like no one's stopping you. Like you can definitely do it. I mean, our, look at our podcast. I mean, we upload directly to Spotify, right? Like we're able to do it. It's not difficult these days. Um, so what ends up happening is I think what's happened now is there's been kind of a split and back to what we were saying, it's like SoundCloud has become this space for a very particular type of sound like this emo, edgy, scathing type of rap. And um, it's a very, in, in terms of that, the aesthetic has kind of shifted away from what we hear on uh, Spotify. And Spotify might, I don't know if this is like a good way to put it. Maybe Spotify is just like a little bit more mainstream in that sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as people who look down on SoundCloud, I, I feel like it's just, it comes down to personal preference, depending on which of those two genres someone is actually, it, it, whether, not, not two genres rather, whether someone is actually interested in listening to that emo rap like cloud rap genre that they've labeled it kind of sound because someone who doesn't like that is probably not going to really enjoy listening to soundcloud that much today maybe as much as they did in the past um so and, and as far as like the purists who want like more lyrical rap and stuff I think that is a problem how like you know we're not getting enough lyrical rappers anymore i mean like we we always talk about Kendrick Drake and J Cole, but like they've been around for a decade now, a decade plus, and mm -hmm. since then there hasn't been like a like a really prominent lyrical rapper. I mean, there's been a few, but it's just it's right. just not at that same level anymore. So um, well, okay, I'll, I'll push back on you a little bit there. Like I think GID, okay. GID, have you have okay, you heard GID? Yeah. Like he's yeah, phenomenal. A few songs, yeah. And he's like, he, I think he has the potential to eclipse like even someone like Kendrick or J. Cole in terms of his lyricism and like his delivery. But I think the problem is, I'm going to go back to this like long tail theory, is that like it's harder for an artist to like a new artist to completely capture mainstream attention because the recommendations, the algorithms, the availability makes it so easy for different like sounds to be featured. Right. Like you still have like stuff like Juice World. Juice World, I think if he hadn't died, you know, would it be one of the biggest artists in the world right now? He'd be up there on Kendrick level. He was already going that way. Right. Some songs like I'll forget. I forget how many views or streams that. Um, yeah. yeah, he had. Billion, I think he had over a billion at least. Right. 
Um, so I think that like there's potential for that new sound to like break through with like radio hits, but I think it's going to be harder for like a traditional someone who's not pioneering a new sound to break through to the mainstream yeah. like success that other artists have had that Drake has That's had that this J Cole's had because there's so much like spread in music now, yeah. right? I think it makes sense. Would you agree though that there's definitely like, like I, I, that SoundCloud being associated with like this emo rap scene has kind of come in recent years? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Because uh -huh. jumping back to Chance the Rapper, like you know, Chance the Rapper had his acid rap and all of his mixtapes on SoundCloud, and that's how he gained. Was that in 2015? I think around that time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right in the in, in those years, like 2015 to 2017, you can assume is a good right. window for what we're talking about. So right, and so Chance yeah. Chance the Rapper is like nothing like that. He was more like a Kanye sounding like gospel type, like just yeah. lyricism bars. And neither bar. is 21, right? Neither is 21 right <laughs> and neither is kodak i don't okay i don't i don't like i don't enjoy kodak i don't listen to kodak i don't think he's good but he has had songs that have caught on you know so right right tunnel vision uh, was one of them right yeah um roll in peace right with xxx yes. is a big one yeah that was another one um but yeah uh, so I don't, I don't think it's necessarily fair to associate soundcloud with just the lo-fi aesthetic there's more stuff on it um, but I think it's like a, it's just something that kind of gets wrapped up in that. Like, it's like the same way that, um, gosh, what, what am I thinking of? Like, there's like a certain genre of book that were released. I forget what the genre is, but it's like basically like at a certain point in time in newspapers, they would release like a chapter of the newspaper a week. And so that's like how stuff like, uh, like, the three musketeers got released it was released okay. like one chapter a week in a newspaper and so like this whole genre of books gets grouped in with those kind of like those books but right. they, even if they just released around the same time like you know so like everyone thinks like oh dumas right who's the guy that wrote the three musketeers and like uh the count of monte cristo like he gets totally grouped oh, i remember in this, that like, book i right. remember he's, that he's book. in this very particular like oh he writes these kind of books which are like so super long and because that's because they were released like in newspapers at this time but he has other stuff too but as an artist like as an author he gets grouped with that in the same way i think that like soundcloud and these sound like artists that started on soundcloud get grouped with cloud rap right mm -hmm. right and again i mean like if, to those who are listening who are like heavy soundcloud listeners like i mean i fully acknowledge like i'm just speaking on thoughts and opinions here you know like this right. is like i'm i'm not one of those people who knows a lot about the soundcloud scene like this is just like my perceptions so like a lot of what i'm saying might not be correct like or it might not be the best opinion to share but like you right know, um that that's this is based on my perception from the outside looking in so right yeah. so we're definitely sounding pessimistic right now we're like oh soundcloud rap like oh like this is not lyrical blah, 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 right so i guess like to, to point to more positive elements maybe okay. like what are a like, few artists like one or two artists from soundcloud that you think have really had a positive impact on hip-hop and r&b and like the trends and yeah the genres um, Bryson Tiller, I think, is one of them. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's more he's more on the R and B side, but uh, this this whole kind of I mean, he even called the album this trap soul genre. That's kind of like this um, mellow R and B music over hip hop sounding beats, and mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of that. I think he was definitely influenced by the weekend because that's something the weekend kind of started doing, like right. you know, having having these like singing songs over. Um, 
more like 808s and beats that might be better suited for a rap song. But um, I think Bryson Tiller has definitely helped to advance that genre forward. Like he's contributed um, Party Next Door. I don't know if Party Next Door came up off SoundCloud or not, but like I, I know Party Next Door is also one of those R mm -hmm. like newer R&B artists who also does that. It's like R&B songs over hip hop sounding beats, which is something I right. really like. So I think Bryson Tiller definitely had his fair share. He was influenced by what was happening, but also helped to advance that sound. Because right. Trap Soul was a pretty popular album. He, I, I think he kind of fell off a little bit since Trap Soul, but that was a solid project. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Uh, Any artists that like you haven't mentioned? Yeah, there's one. There's like a group that I really enjoy that that uh, it's called Suicide Boys. I just like their like occult I've sound. Heard of them. I've heard they have like a very occult sound they're from new orleans they release music that's very like it's more it's almost like a heavy metal to rock analogy uh -huh, if i can make uh -huh. that analogy that's like their brand of rap compared to yeah. regular rap like it's much more occult themes it's much darker themes um and their rapping is kind of like their flow is kind of eccentric but i you know i like them a lot i think that they release really interesting stuff and so mm -hmm. um and they're they, you know they got started releasing on here because it was easier like that that niche right. i don't think that niche of hip-hop would have been explored or exposed to as many people because it used to be a regional thing right like mm -hmm. it used to be like oh these guys are making music in new orleans they're releasing their mixtape on the street in new orleans so only people in new orleans are hearing this music right right um that that's like something that i really appreciate is like suicide boys their whole like uh puya and there's some other artists that fit yeah. in that uh mm -hmm. sound they only got started because spotify gave them that exposure so in some ways i think that this digital release stuff like is phenomenal for exposing new types of music that we wouldn't have had otherwise right right yeah that's totally um, fair to say so i, mean, I, I guess, guess oh, go oh yeah i was gonna say i guess post malone's another artist that kind yeah, of falls yeah, yeah, under yeah. this mm -hmm. umbrella and I, he's broken through the mainstream. He's had huge success. And I but think I classify him fun. more as pop. I classify him more as right, pop than right. as rap. Yeah. But he got started on SoundCloud, right? Right, right. So that's pretty yeah. crazy. And he's from uh, Grapevine, which is in um, which yeah. is about like 20 minutes uh, west of me. So I guess shout out to Post Malone, yeah. shout out to Grapevine. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, I guess to wrap things up now, um, maybe we can talk about what, what do you think? What role do you think SoundCloud is going to play over the next five, maybe next 10 years? Like, all right, we've seen what it did in the past 10 years. Where is it going to go from here? Like, what can we expect? I, I think it's a hard question. It's yeah. a very hard question because, I, like, part of me wants to say it's it's dead. Like, part of me wants to say, like, 2015 through 2017, maybe early 2018 was the golden era. And now, uh -huh. like, artists that are getting big aren't getting big off of SoundCloud. They're getting big off of like, gosh, I don't know what. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's the thing. It's become so weird because like, we look at right. artists like Pop Smoke, like we look at Pop Smoke, right? I don't remember, and I, I might be wrong on this, but I don't remember if he was prominent on SoundCloud or not. Do you know like if he- I don't think he was. I don't really think he was yeah, that big on- I'm, I'm trying to remember how, cause I know that that feature on Jack Boy is definitely like got him a lot more attention. Um, but I mean, he was still doing pretty good before that. And then he just kind of blew right. up out of nowhere. But like when he blew up, he was like, it was directly on streaming, right? Um, mm -hmm. he was his music was already on streaming platforms by the time he blew up. Whereas you look at like Uzi, I feel like he blew up before he was on streaming, right? Right. right. So, 
Um, and I also look at this new artist I've been listening to, Sofago. He's, I mean, rumored to be signed to Cactus Jack right now, but I really like the music he's putting out. I don't know. I heard him for the first time on streaming. I don't know if he was on SoundCloud. Maybe he is. I'm not sure. Um, but I don't. It's, it doesn't seem like, in my opinion, that artists are getting huge off of SoundCloud anymore. Yeah, it just seems, seems like, like that other, time's kind of passed. Right. Yeah. So do you think maybe now it's becoming this sort of thing that, I mean, obviously artists tried to do this in the past, but is it becoming this thing like an artist like somehow discovered, like Don Tolliver didn't get big off SoundCloud. Like he, like, I, right. I don't even remember how Travis heard his music, but basically he just featured him on Astroworld and then it took off from there. Um, he was like a local Houston artist. So I guess maybe Travis mm -hmm. was just scouting out people, local artists in the area right. or something. So do you feel like now it's starting to become this thing like, label heads or artists who are at the top of the label are starting to like scout out people and like bringing them up that way i wouldn't say starting to become i think that's been a thing like that's how eminem got signed right like Dre, is it, Dre is scouted eminem is, all... is it becoming more significant mm. now you don't i don't think so? think so no i don't think so because little wayne and drake right drake in the weekend like that's all pre-soundcloud so i don't think that's becoming but... more now yeah I, I but fair. I think we've had this discussion before where like labels have more power now. Like people are more attracted to labels. They have more uh -huh. branding. They have more like notoriety. Right. Um, so here, my opinion is though is it's like very similar to other digital technology where like there's there's two ways that there's so much stuff now. Like there's so much stuff out there because of SoundCloud, because right. of Spotify. So I think that SoundCloud is going to stay as like a good distribution platform for artists who want like a DIY, like maybe it becomes like more, there's more mixtapes on SoundCloud. Like I kind of think that's the niche they need to carve. Like they need to kind of become the, um, gosh, what's it called? Patreon. Is that the thing? Like YouTube makers. I think that they need to try to brand themselves as like the Patreon mm -hmm. of rap. Like they need to say like, okay, well, we'll give you exclusive cuts with your favorite artists and like exclusive content, like one-off tracks mm -hmm. and like easy mixtape. And maybe if they had something like, Oh, we have a collection of beats here. Like you can record yourself over a beat and throw out something. Right. Really fast, and it would be like really fun, like freestyle repository almost. Right. Um, I think that's a good direction for them. I don't think that they can really compete with like Spotify for like the mainstream distribution though. Um, yeah, I think but, that, but, that's definitely interesting. That, that would have to, that would be an interesting business approach. You would essentially have to like compensate artists for putting out exclusive cuts or like maybe some exclusive content on the right. platform. And then like you, like users like you and me would have to pay to access that content but they would need to make sure that the model generates revenue for them because it's like, okay, whatever, right. what, however many people are buying access to this exclusive content needs to like exceed how much we're compensating the artist. And the artist is going right. to have to be compensated substantially for that because the artist might just say, if they're big enough, they'll be like, why am I going to take money from you to put this here when I can right. just go put it on streaming and make a lot more. Right. right? Or I could put on my YouTube or exactly. whatever. Right. And get views. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Um, so that's like that's the direction I think SoundCloud could go in. But I guess like in in general, talking about like how we're artists blowing up now, I think it's like with with all digital content, there's so much digital content now that it's kind of like a race between the algorithms and the reviewers. So like I think music publications have a much more prominent sway in like people's opinions. I think I mentioned this an episode or two ago, like Pitchfork, Anthony Fantano, like you may hate and disagree with these because they are so they do cause such echo chamber for artists. Like 
I know like some people don't even like they they don't even form their own opinions, right? They're like, oh, Pitchfork gave this an eight, like I think it's great, or oh, Anthony yeah. Fantano says it's an eight, it's great, and they don't even listen to it on their own anymore. Like mm-hmm. there's some people that do that, and they get all of their this, music recommendations from there, right? So I think that that's that's one way artists are getting popular is like if they do really well with reviewers, they go nuclear. Like a good example in indie music is Phoebe Bridgers. Like she she yeah. went nuclear with reviewers this past year. And like, even though she didn't get anything from the Grammys, she was got nominated for so many categories. She got so much TV spotlight. She did such a huge promotional track because she did so well with reviewers. She got in a lot of people's like sites, right? Yeah, and I think it's true. similar with with hip hop and R and B. Like, I, I think that if you can score critical acclaim, that makes you go nuclear. And if the algorithms take off on you, that makes you go nuclear. So that's one way a lot of artists get big is off of like TikTok algorithms, right? Like they have a song, they have a dance that gets big on TikTok. So I think those are the two ways now that like, there's just so much stuff out there that for an artist to get recognition, they need to make it past the filters. And I think Mm -hmm. the filters are reviewers and or the algorithms. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. I think the technology is really going to dictate where things go over the next 10 years because it's going to continue to grow right which is kind of scary because i know yeah it's scary for like we could miss out on the next like big thing the next like artist who has the potential to be a kendrick has the potential to be for you like the weekend like it has the potential Uh to be your favorite artist you're going to miss out on them because there's just so much stuff coming out and you just never hear them because they just got panned over. Right. Right. That scares me. That scares me yeah, a little it, bit. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed to see how much like TikTok has started to influence like what becomes popular and what doesn't. Um, Cause I think it really blurs a lot of lines there, but yeah, again, not really any much we can do. It's just the natural progression of things that are taking yeah. place. So all right. Well, I guess we'll leave it at that. I think that was a lot shorter than we usually go, but I mean, part of that That's was okay. intended. Part of that was right. intended just because last week we went so long. But anyway, you have a good time graduating, and then yeah, we'll be back sure. soon with our uh, another artist spotlight. Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you.